0: with Nexus Point. This week's topic, we're going to be talking about stress and dealing with COVID. From here on out,
1: instead of doing an interesting fact, we're going to say a positive that happened this week because it's really important to stay positive during this time, and it helps us train our minds to be positive.
0: So my name's Miss Alex. My positive this week is that I mastered the headstrong shake in my own blender. My name is Miss Hallie Mack and my positive
1: is that my new puppy had zero accidents yesterday in the house.
2: My name is Allie and my positive is that I hung out with Miss Hallie Mack on Tuesday. My name is Emma Grace and my positive is that
1: my turns got better this week.
3: My name's Maddie and my positive this week is that we finished our um, hip hop routine.
1: Those are some amazing positives and we will continue to do that each week so that we train our minds to think positively during this difficult time.
0: All right, so since this week's topic, we're talking about stress. So anyone can just throw out things that make them feel stressed out and like how it affects your daily life.
1: Obviously us teachers are going to have different stressful things than you guys. So this will be really good for all ages to hear.
3: Um, as soon as like we graduated eighth grade, um, like the last few months of school, we didn't really be in person. So growing from the end of eighth grade with nobody except for my parents in the house to going in freshman year, and like seeing a bunch of new people, it was kind of stressful. Just like overall and like trying to get into a new routine of instead of just waking up and doing school schoolwork at the house, all of a sudden you're like doing it in the classroom, and it's just more overwhelming.
2: I would definitely say, uh, this kind of goes along with that, the most stressful thing for me during COVID, especially at the beginning, was going from doing literally nothing, like I mean it was summer and um, we were all quarantined, to going back to school and then having dance um, for a lot longer than I've usually had it, and just like getting back into doing anything
0: honestly. So yeah. Um. So, so for me it's probably different because I'm not in school anymore, but COVID has been stressful on me mentally because of that battle with like, oh, what what you can do, like what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, like what am I going to be judged for doing this? And then also feeling like I just want everything to be normal again and um, not knowing. um, Well, for me in the summer, I wasn't sure what my next move was going to be until probably... August and so I I was not a part of the studio or anything yet, so I had no idea what I was gonna do, so it was a little stressful.
1: <laughs> During the quarantine months my stress was more mental and emotional, and I was going through a really deep depression and was very isolated because it was I moved into my apartment alone in March. And then I had to stay there and not see anyone. And it was the first time I ever lived alone. So I was being, I was really depressed and mentally and emotionally had a really rough time. And now my stress is more physically and mentally related because I'm owning a business and I am, granted I do have two other owners with me, but I have things I have to choreograph, I have work, I have to go to the gym and build up my stamina again from not doing anything. Um, So those are my stresses. May I just say you're a fabulous business owner. Uh, Thanks. And
2: <laughs> one, uh, another thing that's been really difficult for me with COVID is I'm a very big extrovert. I love to see people. I love to go do things. So not being allowed to do any of that was really, really hard because I just love to go to basketball games, just do anything. And whenever I found out we were going to have to stay home, my sister was like, yes. And then there was me. I was like crying.
1: I was so upset. I'm the same way as you. I am a big extrovert, so moving in, being alone, that was already a big change, and then not being able to see anyone. I saw like at least four people every single day doing something. It was way more than that, but it was at least four people. We went and did something. We went to eat. We would just hang out in each other's rooms. We'd play games. We would go into escape rooms. We'd do something, so having to switch and not be an extrovert for a while was like super, super upsetting. And it was really hard to adjust to that and still stresses me out because I'm a physical touch person. So when I see someone, I want to give them a hug, but I don't think I'm allowed to. So I have to sit and I have to wait and I have to see how they are, see if I can hug them with the mask on or if I just can't touch them. It's really like a limbo and it's really stressful.
3: The same as Emma Grace and Miss Hallie Mack. I, I was in and all throughout school, I've always been an extrovert. I would go up to talk to people and like make friends very easily. But then as freshman year rolled in and being isolated from everyone for so long i kind of went into an introvert state where like i would just like barely talk to anybody and like now i'm a really shy person except for around my friends
2: um i'm actually the complete opposite and i've always been kind of an introvert and i know when quarantine happened i talked a lot less to like my family members and everyone around me. And I know that was definitely really hard on them and it still is for me too. Um, one other thing that really was hard for me was doing online school. I hated it so much. We were actually talking about it earlier. I did not like online school from the time it started just because, I mean, people were late to answering emails. I could, some stuff wouldn't just wouldn't send. It was just really difficult and no one really it was all busy work for the most part because i mean what really can you teach online like in depth you know so that was a big struggle for me personally
3: my school wasn't really prepared to go into quarantine so they gave us just paper packets and didn't really have like stuff for online and as we went further into quarantine through like out the school, rest of the school year they finally started adding assignments online but it got just Like more stressful online because sometimes like the internet would like just stop working and like it wouldn't send and then you get like in like trouble for it and then like after I'd finished my school work I would just kind of sit around and I wasn't really happy with myself being really lazy so after we went back to school I started working out more and I got myself back in shape.
1: Um, Going to the online school, like you guys were talking about, I finished my college degree um, when quarantine started. My last semester was May of 2020, so I had to deal with the online school in college with that, um, which I understand the whole stress of that because it was really difficult with professors trying to uh, teach us something and us not really be uh, be able to understand, especially because... A lot of my classes were dance classes, and it was really difficult to be able to do an online dance class, not through Zoom. It was like writing papers about what we were doing. It was very confusing. And then I tried to do my master's, but it was still online, and I ended up having to drop that because it was just too difficult to understand and communicate with the professor because they couldn't communicate back to me quick enough to where I could get all the things, all the lab equipment. Um, so, yeah, that was really stressful, and I completely understand all of that.
0: So, kind of going off of what everyone's saying, I'm—I was actually also an introvert already. Um, But one thing that I found myself doing whenever quarantine started would be like, I would be really upset over things not happening that, in a sense, would make me feel like because if you would get online and stuff, people would be you know their senior years were getting messed up or whatever it is, and then so it almost would feel like, oh well, I'm not allowed to be upset about this because other people have it worse, which is true. But, um, then trying to remind myself that just because my stress or what's making me upset is different than somebody else. Does not make it any less valid just because of the the extent of it? And, and yeah, like,
1: that's a big thing that I agree with is not everyone goes through the same things or the same situations. So what stresses you out might seem super minimal to somebody else, Mm -hmm. but it's a big thing in your life because you haven't gone through the things that they have gone through, just like vice versa for them. Um, And I think that's a big thing that everyone needs to realize because I was feeling the same way when I was getting really stressed out or upset that things weren't happening, um, that I wanted to happen, Um, but other people were like, you have it so much easier, you got to experience Mm -hmm. these other things. It made me feel guilty. Um, But I completely agree with you because they didn't experience what I had to experience, just Mm -hmm. like I didn't experience that they did. Yeah.
2: Um, I feel like one thing that is one thing that we all tend to do is put other people's problems like before ours. Like, oh, they have it worse than we do, but that's not really a reason that we can. That's not something we should do because we need to remember. Yes, their problems might be bigger than ours in the long run, but this is still a really big thing to us. And you can't just discredit yourself with that because then you'll end up thinking, okay, well, I'm I'm just not that important in whatever that aspect is. And um, I feel like I definitely did that because um, so many of like my sister's friends, people, just so many people didn't get to like have their senior year, and that made me feel terrible. Because I mean, I was in eighth grade, I didn't have an eighth grade graduation, but honestly, I was kind of happy. <laughs> but yeah.
1: <coughs> Going off of what you said, Emma Grace. Um, wait what did you say oh my goodness (laughs) your problems matter yeah your problems matter there's a really big fine line in between that that i agree with you and i also agree with um thinking about other people because everything you said is completely right you don't feel important um, because you're putting everyone else before yourself and so you're like all right my matter my problems don't really matter but at the same time it keeps us humble because some people only focus on themselves So it's like, there's a fine line. If you put, if you put everyone else before you, then yeah, you need to let yourself feel what you're feeling. But if you never put anyone else before you, then you do need to like realize what other people are feeling and like put them before yourself for a second so that you can realize that yes, your problems are big and they're important, and you need to deal with them. But also there's other people out there that need help too. So I completely agree, but I also wanted to throw in that other point. (laughs)
0: Like, yeah, I agree with what you're saying too, because, Yeah, like, it's almost like finding that, like, middle ground of knowing, okay, so is this silly for me to stress over? Or, you know, like, yeah, because there's just some things, like, for example, like, because everything has changed this year, like, you're not allowed to gather with groups. And one of the things that I, this is going to make me sad, like, I'm already like, I'm like, oh, if I say this, they're going to judge me. (laughs) But um, one thing that I was like super bummed about was like, okay, I'm a very big fan of going to concerts. That's something that I really like doing. And so for um, this past year before COVID hit, we had like tickets to this awesome concert. We were going to take some girls who've never even been to a concert before and COVID just like completely shut it down. So We were like really bummed about it but then i'm like getting online and i'm like oh the seniors who had been working on their musical for the last six months don't get to perform their musical and i'm like wow i sound really dumb for being like upset about this but at the same time like i still was upset about it you know
3: i've been a person who always put people's problems before my own and then like worried about them and then thought of myself afterwards or like I'd feel bad if I went to someone like with my problems, so I always kind of kept them in. And after being isolated for so long, I've grown that it's gotten worse over the time, and I find myself like physically sick over stressing over just like some just like something so simple.
2: Dance for me has been a really big outlet, just in general um, as far as the whole quarantine goes, because. Um, Dancing really does take your mind off of it because I mean you're so busy with other like just technique um, learning new choreography um, Nationals and just all of that. It's a really good just stress reliever for me
3: Same for me with Emma Grace is that dance has really helped me Um, I did volleyball in the fall and as much as I like it dance helped me a lot more because I can express myself with my emotions and like Just put how I'm feeling into the dance
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say the opposite of you guys. (laughs) When I was a student at Dance and Everything, it was a stress relief for me, and it was really amazing, it was my outlet. But being a teacher here and being the owner and instructor and having to like shape you guys, dance is really stressful for me (laughs) because I have to make sure that I'm teaching you the right way, make sure that you guys aren't going to get injured. Really focusing on all of that um, and making sure that the staff knows what they're doing as well as I'm assuming Miss Alex feels the same way because she's also an owner. Um, But it is a stress relief when you guys aren't here when I'm just dancing by myself. (laughs) But when you guys are here, my stress relief is being around you guys. Because even though I have to keep my mask on, keep my distance, it's a Christ-centered area where I can connect with people who are younger than me going through different things, and I can connect with with you guys in a friendship and in a student-teacher relationship as well. That was my stress relief. Dance, not so much right
0: now. (laughs) See, for me, it's actually slightly – it's similar in the aspect that – I get, okay, so for example, this week I was stressed Same. out um, because I was nervous because we had the parents coming in and watching us teach the classes to little kids, so, yes. you know, you're thinking, oh my goodness, am I going to say something that's wrong, or like they're <laughs> going to be dissatisfied, but um, I will say that working, working here has made it to where it almost feels like like, if people weren't wearing masks and social distancing, I kind of sometimes, like, whenever I'm here with everybody, like, I forget what's going on. So in that way, I'm, like, not stressed about COVID necessarily. I'm stressed about, like, normal things that I would have been stressed about, like, last year, which is kind of, in a way, refreshing. Like, instead, I'm thinking, oh, like, am I teaching them right? Like, you know, it's, like, just different. But, like, this is going to sound really weird because I actually get more... I don't know if the word stress is like I get stressed thinking that I'm gonna have to be sitting around doing like nothing but if I'm knowing like for example like this is gonna make me sound crazy like the choreography days where we're like we're, we're teaching for like eight hours I'm like let's go <laughs> let's do it like and i because I'm entertained like yeah. when I'm there but like if I'm just sitting around like not doing anything that's actually when I start to get stressed out
2: I'm actually the same way um, I hate sitting and doing nothing that's why I love being in school and then coming straight to dance because I don't have any like downtime at all. And people are like, Emma, you're crazy. You have no time to do anything. I'm like, but like, that's what I want to do. I want to be constantly busy. Um, and during quarantine, that was insanely hard. And one of my biggest outlets, I started working out like constantly and um, I actually got a lot stronger at that point. And it made my dancing a lot better, which is a really big positive and um just overall being able to go back into doing things like dance it's really 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 helpful
1: because i'm constantly busy now and i love that yeah i'm similar but different so i like to be busy i like to be like i don't like to be stressed i like to be busy and i like to keep going because if i sit down and i don't do anything i feel like i'm Missing something or like I have something I'm supposed to do and I'm not so I get super stressed out when I have downtime But being busy all the time and not having any downtime causes me stress too (laughs) so I love being busy and I love like Putting all my effort into everything else so that I don't have downtime because when I get downtime I get stressed about being lazy and everything else ruining itself like my body not being physically ready um, or being mentally like exhausted because I'm just sitting and doing nothing but you also need the downtime. It's a real, it's a back and forth thing. <laughs> it's a back and forth thing for me. Yeah, um, I'm, oh,
3: you can go. You can go. <laughs> you <sure>? Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I'm the same way as Miss Hallie Mack, whereas I constantly feel like I need to be doing something, but at the same time, every now and then, I might get a day off from not, like, going and doing dance or, like, helping just someone, like, with homework or something. And it feels nice every now and then, but I just feel like it's kind of like a wrong thing to have downtime. Yeah, I'm kind of um, the same as you, but when I don't have something to do, I
2: feel like I'm wasting my time. Or if I'm just like relaxing, I feel like I'm wasting my time and I'm not really doing anything important. I just always feel like I'm forgetting something. Like whenever I have downtime, I'm always like, oh, well, then I have to go through all my school subjects and just think, okay, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? And whenever I don't, I'm like, well, you have to have, like, something that you're meant to be doing. I think that's what mainly stresses me out because I feel like I'm forgetting to do something.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that my doctor literally told me. They were like, you don't know how to relax, and we need to work on that because if, like... Baths? I hate baths. That might be TMI, but I hate it because you're just sitting there. I hate it for a few reasons. Me too. Like, you're sitting in your filth. But besides that, I hate just sitting there because I'm just sitting there waiting to like be relaxed, but I have all these other things in my mind that I need to be doing and I could have all this other time and I could be done. and I, Then I could have other things that I could do. Then I could go hang out with my friends and I could do. So I hate that. But there comes to a point where you have to find that relaxation. Have I found it yet? No. Gotta find some help on how to do that. Which we have a guest that will help us with that soon. It'll be in this podcast, I think. Yes, yes, she's coming in this podcast to talk
0: about that soon. But I don't remember where I was going with this. So there's that. <laughs> um, well, one thing I will say too is I get stressed out in in a similar way. If I'm, it's almost it's a weird ment- mental thing. Like if I'm not being physically active for one day, I feel like. Um, why have I not gotten my steps in? Like, like I get stressed over that. Like, mm-hmm. like, uh, today I didn't run and I normally run like almost every day, but my leg hurt. So I didn't run, which in theory, like, I should be like, yeah, this is good. I'm resting my leg, but I'm like stressed. I'm like, oh my goodness. I did not, I didn't run today. Like my steps are terrible. Like, and I keep looking. So I get stressed, That literally stressed. Like I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm thinking about it at least 60% of the time. So, <laughs>
3: I actually had to stop wearing my watch because I would get so constantly paranoid that I wasn't getting enough exercise, so at one point I just ditched the watch because I knew that I was getting there. It just felt like I wasn't, and like um, over the course since this new year, I decided I wanted to try and get abs, which I've never been able to, and I've been doing abs like every single day, but I've been um, getting really sick lately, so I've had just like had to lay off on the abs and it feels like I haven't really been doing anything and been kind of lazy, but I've also been like sore from dance and putting all my energy into that.
1: Yeah, I feel like all of us in this room like to overwork ourselves a lot. That's just a main thing that we have problems with. And with the watch thing, it's so rewarding though. Like I'm looking and all my rings are complete and I'm like, this is literally amazing. But then I think I can push myself farther and then I get stressed again. (laughs) Yeah. But like what
2: you were saying, we all like to overwork ourselves. I think that's also a dancer thing, just in general, because as a dancer, you're constantly thinking you should work on something, specifically technique, because you can always improve on your technique or your flexibility, um, because you're never going to be perfect at dance. It's because, I mean, practice does not make perfect. It makes progress. And that's a big thing that causes me stress sometimes because I feel like I'm still not doing, like I'm still not reaching the goals that I've set for myself.
3: My mom and dad raised me up to like try my best and like push myself further. So I think that that's also kind of turned against me because I always push myself against what I should be doing and then I do it too much and then I get like burnout from it or I overwork myself from it.
0: yeah, and honestly this past year with uh, COVID and everything like that Um, I feel like physical activity has become more prevalent on people's minds either It's on their minds because they were using the time to try to hit a goal or They let themselves just go in the opposite direction and then almost like an overcompensation kind of thing mm-hmm. Um to where it's like oh now now we can be out like now now the gym's open like you know what I mean and so um yeah, I just think it's changed over this past year with everything that has gone on. Yeah, my social media, everything like that is just
1: constant. Here's here's a workout routine. Here's this person working out. And I'm like, wow, I should try that
3: workout. <laughs>
1: um, but now that we've talked about everything that we've been stressing over, we are going to take – A pause and a little break so that we can have our guests join us and talk about ways that we can fix our stress or cope with it or how to just deal with it in general, which I think is the same way as saying to cope with it in just a fancier way.
0: (laughs) So here's our pause. And now a word from our sponsors. Oak. That's our word. Hey guys, we hope that you enjoyed that
1: word from our sponsors. Now we have a guest with us to continue our podcast, Miss Heather. She is an owner of the studio and she also, why are you guys laughing at me? She also is my mom. Hi everybody,
4: thanks for having me on your podcast today. Okay, so (laughs) I was trying to sound like the a real guest, but I see you guys every day. Anyways, so hi, so I'm Heather, and we're ta- since we're talking about stress and COVID, and you guys are laughing at me, uh, I wanted to come on today because I wanted to share, I can't, there, because I wanted to share with you guys um, things that will help with stress. Before we came here to Moorhead, we were with a program called Inspire School Programs, And we actually came to Moorhead with the intention of bringing our Inspire Schools programs here to Morgan County and Round County Schools and everything like that, but COVID happened. So um, we didn't get to start our classes at Morgan County. And we also didn't get to introduce ourselves to Round County. Um, But what we did is we would teach, uh, once a week, we would teach classes with seventh and ninth graders. And it was a social and emotional learning curriculum. And it was all various different things from interviews for jobs for the high school students and how to do a first impression, proper handshake, um, interview questions you might want to answer, have to answer, and things like that. And then we also talked about social media safety and we talked about dating and relationships and it's okay to say no and th- those kind of things. And um, but one of our one of our um, chapters or sections of our curriculum was talking about coping and dealing with stress. So that's where a lot of this information is coming from, not just from personal experience. So the first thing that I want to say to you, I have seven points that I'm going to say, seven things. And the first thing that I want to say to you, you guys were talking about how your feelings, um, you were afraid that, uh, you know, the, you were saying your, your sister or somebody, your sister was graduating and she was missing her, someone was missing graduation. You had friends who were missing graduation and you felt bad because while you were upset about your things, it wasn't as big as the seniors missing their graduations, missing their proms, and those kind of things. But the reality of the situation is one of the things that you have to know coming into stress and dealing with life in general, including conflict with friends, with family, anything like that, is that feelings are never right. Feelings are never right. Um, Feelings are also never wrong. They just are. that's just what it is, they just exist. So, so you, the only way to get through or past um, the stress level that you have is you have to accept the feelings. Whether, they're not right and they're not wrong. So you being upset because you can't do something that is so minimal to everybody else, so what? Those are your feelings, you're upset about it, own it. And owning those feelings is the first step to actually feeling better. If you keep shoving it in, um, the more you shut. People say that, oh, you're okay, I'll just forget about it later. Well, that's not dealing with it. And if you don't deal with it, then what you're really doing is you're stuffing. And, you know, like air in a balloon, if you put too much air in a balloon, what happens? It pops. It pops. Well, that's the same thing with our feelings. If we stuff our feelings and we stuff on top of another, on top of another, on top of another, Emma Grace could come into the studio, and I've stuffed everything for so long, and she could look at me and say, did you do something with your hair? And I could all of a sudden explode and be like, what do you mean? Does it look bad? Why would you say that to me? Because I've stuffed so much that I'm taking everything wrong. I completely implode. And sometimes my imploding is exploding on people I care about. And then things get worse. Does, does that make sense? Have you ever felt that way where you stuffed your feelings because you felt like your feelings didn't matter and then all of a sudden you ended a friendship with somebody over something stupid because you should have just dealt with it? Yes? Okay, good
3: feedback. Yeah, oh,
4: okay. I, <laughs> I was <laughs> making
1: sure that we weren't gonna say anything. I am working on it and I've gotten a lot better, but I was the major stuff queen when it came to emotions and, and I wouldn't say anything until I literally exploded and then lost almost all of my friends because of how bad, like the explosion on some of like, It happened a few times, but one of them was because they picked up my water bottle instead of theirs, and then I just yelled about everything I was ever upset about, (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I completely get that, and it is, it's something that you do have to work on, and I am working on it myself.
3: Mm -hmm. I find myself doing this a lot, too, where I've almost accidentally exploded on people, but I've caught myself and been like, I need to deal with this with someone that, like will help me and not get mad at me when I start talking about it which um for myself I feel like only like my parents will do this but I still feel bad like talking about it to them because I feel like they have their own problems mine really don't matter to them they should deal with their own stuff and I should deal with mine
4: well one of the things too and, and I know that we're talking about dealing with stress and COVID but when it comes to friendships and things um from the opposite spectrum not, not your personal feelings, but that person's feelings. If this person comes up to you and says, you did this to me and it hurt my feelings and I'm really mad or, or says something even worse, but that's what they're trying to tell you in their hurt way, um, if you immediately get defensive and say, well, you were wrong, I didn't do that. What I said was this. Well, that just turns into a huge, giant conflict. Instead of acknowledging the fact that feelings are not right and feelings are not wrong. So if they're feeling that way, they're not wrong for feeling that way, but it also does not make you wrong because you didn't do that to them. Just the simple act of acknowledging that and be like, oh my goodness, what I did hurt you, I'm sorry, that was not my intention. When I was speaking to you, what I meant and what my heart was saying was this and this and this and this, I'm so sorry that it came out that way. And then you've acknowledged their feelings, but you also have not, taken that defeat status where so many of us are immediately like I'm so sorry I'm wrong and it's not necessarily a right or wrong thing it's like I said feelings they're not right or wrong they just are yes
1: something that I've been working on because I'll always just say oh I'm sorry you somebody could literally run into me and I would say I'm sorry anything like that I've apologized to a chair for that like everything something that I've been working on is I've been saying um if like if i hurt somebody or if they hurt me i'll say i feel like this is happening even if that's not your intentions that's my feelings and i know that you want the best for me but this is how i'm feeling how can we fix this or if they come up to me and say something i'll say i'm so sorry i made you feel that way i don't say i'm sorry you feel that way because that instantly has a negative connotation like you're feeling that way and it's wrong i say i'm sorry that i made you feel that way that wasn't my intention i go with that route um but yeah
2: um, I definitely agree what you said, like what you said about feelings not being right or wrong. Um, but I just had a comment about how, like, I think it's more about how you act on those feelings, as opposed to the feelings themselves, because that's what can make them right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you act on it. If you go to that person in a kind manner, talk to them in a like in a more just respectful way, just like, hey, I just need to talk to you about this instead of like you said, exploding on someone, mm-hmm. which in the long run is just it might make you feel better at the time because you're letting all those things out, which is good, but in the end might make you feel bad because you've just made someone else feel like trash. So
4: right. exactly. <laughs>
2: that'll hurt both of you in the long run. it'll probably hurt your friendship.
3: Mm-hmm. Well what Ms Hallie Max said? um I always apologize for no reason like what she said I I apologize to everything like I'll bump into a counter and be like oh I'm so sorry but then realize it's not even like something that like has feelings so it's just like weird hearing I thought like maybe like it's just me like maybe like it's just my mom like you need to apologize and like it makes me feel better even though it really just doesn't really help Mm
1: mm-hmm I have a problem where I think the counter does have feelings. So <laughs> that's, me too. that's it's opposite. That this is me <laughs> with all stuffed animals. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I have to throw things away in pairs because I feel bad for it if it's alone.
2: <laughs> yes. No, if yes. I fall asleep with like one stuffed animal, I'm like, well, the other
1: one yeah. is over there. I've always had that one that like little
3: I have two pillows on the floor, so I'm like, I don't want one to get lonely. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So
4: moving on to the next point, um, which is some, it kind of actually what you said, Emma Grace was a nice transition into this. Um, is one of the things that we need to, other than also acknowledging that feelings just they are. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. They are. They exist. That's that's what it is. Um, but the other th- another thing is, and we, we told our our Inspire Schools we were our branch was called You Matter. Our You Matter Kids we would tell them this all the time is you cannot control what is happening to you or the world around you. You can't, you don't even try, you'll fail because you cannot control it. The only thing that you do have control over is how you react to it. And the thing that's so empowering about that is is that's where your power lies, how you react, how we react to what's going on with COVID is our power. We feel powerless. We can't, we can't smile at people anymore because we're covered up with masks. We can't high five. We can't hug. We can't. We are designed as as human beings. God created us to love. There's so many love Bible verses that this month we just combined everything and said the Bible says love God and love people because there was too many verses to choose from because we were designed for that. And so that powerless feeling of not being able to do all of these things, go to work, go to school, go um, be with a friend simply because they're not a family member <laughs> having having who do we invite to our house because we're only allowed to have so many people all of those things we can only control how we react to it but the thing is is if you only focus on how you react to it you will feel so much more powerful than focusing on the fact of what's happening in the world around you and what you cannot do there is so much power love languages learn what everybody's love language is i love Some people's love language is physical touch. They're dying right now because they can't get that love language. Well, figure out what their other love languages are because we have more than one. Then you can show your love that way, and you're you're establishing power by finding a new way to show love. That's one way to have power. You can have an alternative as to what you can do for your birthday, and you can choose that alternative. Guess what? That's your power. So find that power in how you react
2: verse that kind of goes along with this a little bit. It's Matthew 6, 34. It's, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day in its own trouble. Um, I just thought about that verse because you were saying that we cannot control um, everything. We just can't. We can't do it, and we cannot control tomorrow. No one can control tomorrow. God Mm -hmm. controls tomorrow, and I feel like that verse is a very good reminder because I think that everyone kind of gets anxiety about mm-hmm. things that have not even happened or not even close to happening like i'm already kind of anxious for nationals and that's months away mm-hmm. i mean well it's soon but months away <laughs> <laughs> but yeah
4: well and the thing is too with that again you're like this awesome transitioner and then maddie will get to your comment but it says in the bible it says in the bible 365 times it says do not fear 365 times that's literally one time per day for an entire year so this whole year of covid god has told us one time (laughs) don't be afraid and so that's like a huge thing to know that if god is telling us 365 times not to be afraid we better not be afraid because he is definitely commanding that from us that's that is very
3: important for us yes that bible verse kind of like just like speaks to me, if that makes sense, because I always worry about what's coming next. Like, um, I'm a freshman in high school, and yet I'm worried about college. Like, it is irrelevant to everything right now, and I still worry about it.
1: Mm
2: I actually have another verse that kind of goes along with what you were saying. Um, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. God walks with you everywhere, Mm -hmm. constantly. He is your constant companion, your friend, your father, your mother. He is everything. Mm -hmm. He is your family. And walking through all these hard times, he's there with you. He's there to comfort you. And that's a really good reminder. And that's Psalm 73, 23.
0: So I have one, too, that goes along with what we're talking about. It's James 1, 2 through 4 it says consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking in anything so i think that's an interesting bible verse because what it is saying is that through our trials the testings are not the testings of our faith help us persevere is basically what it's saying so um it's basically kind of saying that through your life's challenges that it's going to make you learn and overcome things even more in the future with the trials that we have now so look at it like we should be almost joyful about some certain trials that we have in our life because um it it helps our faith basically
4: yeah emma grace again awesome with transitioning (laughs) and Alex, you added to it, the next point that I had in regards to God having us in the palm of his hand and all of that is that um, you know, we're a dance studio, we have a competition team, we're competitive. Um, sports, you know, there's so much competition in this world. And the reality, when you really break down life, life is a big competition. It, it's just a competition. And, um, my, I come from a very competitive family and my older brother, he would always, anything that, anything that would happen to me, even if I would fall down and scrape my knee and I couldn't believe that it tore a hole in my jeans, these expensive jeans that I just got, oh my goodness, blah, blah, blah. He would say, well, you know, Heather, these are the cards that you've been dealt. These are the cards you've been dealt. How are you going to play your hand So you win? what are you gonna do? And that's, that's how we've been, we have been dealt this hand in COVID. This is the hand that we've been given how are we going to play this so that we can win well the reality for us who are Jesus believers and you know we're Christians is that God holds us in his hand we're on his team well if we are on God's team we know from what the Bible says we win so right now this this dealt this hand of cards that we've been dealt is a pretty bad hand it might only be like a pair of twos and that's it (laughs) i mean i don't you know i don't know i'm not really a card player but i'm imagining a pair of twos is bad um but you know so that's fine but if we're staying faithful with god if we're spending time with god i know that through covid there was there was massive revival when with quarantine i don't know if you all paid attention to social media or not there's a lot of negative stuff going on but there was also a ton of revival so many people, my, I myself, actually started sitting down and really reading the Bible. More than just a little bit every day, but I was reading the Bible. And so many people were getting so close to God. And, and, and that was one of the good things And how we played our hand is more of us Christians became closer to God. So Oh, so um, I have a Bible verse that goes with what you're saying. It's
0: Luke 21, 19, and it literally says, Stand firm, and you will win life. And I thought that was interesting because it's basically saying that if we stand firm and whenever I think that I'm like how we respond to whatever it's going on in the midst of adversity, we will reap the benefits with our faith, with um, God and Jesus, by the way that we play the cards that we've been dealt. So if we stand firm, we will win.
2: Um, like you were saying about Christians, in the end we win. Um, we have an upper hand in life because we know the sources we know where the source is and um, one of the most famous famous Bible verses in the Bible um, I think it's really impactful and I feel like sometimes because it's so famous we read over it a little bit Mm -hmm. it's I can do all things Mm -hmm. through Christ who strengthens me (laughs) and um, whether we admit it or not I feel like the majority of the world are a bunch of I canters they can't. They're like, oh, I can't, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't. Whenever you're saying I can't, as a Christian, you are blatantly disagreeing with that verse right there. Mm -hmm. Because you can, you can do all things. So whenever you're setting, you you always need to set goals for yourself. Setting yourself goals is what brings you to that I can mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, So by doing that and setting our goals, we are bringing ourselves closer to God um, in understanding that with him, we can do all things. We can go to that college, we can make that dance team. So we just need to remember that through COVID, we can
1: make it through this.
4: Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. Um, Going back to what you said about revival um, during quarantine and everything, I also got majorly, I guess more invested in Jesus. I always was raised in church. I was a Christian I thought that I was like a really good Christian like everyone thinks Um, And every night I would pray specifically for lukewarm Christians because in the Bible It says that lukewarm Christians are worse than just not believing in Jesus because they know and they're still not following what he's saying Um, Which if you don't know what a lukewarm Christian is, it's like being hot or cold. They're in the middle Um, They're lukewarm and I would always pray for them. Those are like the those were the people that I played prayed for the most. And I didn't realize until quarantine that I was also a lukewarm Christian, which was really like a hit like in the gut or a punch in the gut, whatever you want to call it, because I was praying for them specifically, thinking that I was better than them and all this stuff. But I really wasn't. I was I never picked up my Bible unless we were at church when the pastor said to, until quarantine. I never read anything in the Bible. Um, I didn't listen to worship music nearly as much at, like I listened to it on Sundays and that was it um, But during the quarantine months and now uh, But during the quarantine months especially because I had so much time on my hands All I did was only listen to worship music Every time I'd be like, well, what am I gonna do? I'd pick up the Bible and I read the Bible um, I um Would talk to God because I lived alone. There was no one else to talk to like that's all I did And I didn't really realize that I was lukewarm not following things that he was saying not necessarily like, um, not necessarily being like a hellion or anything like that uh, going around but I just wasn't doing all the like duties I was supposed to do as a Christian so during the quarantine months I was able to really focus on Jesus and (laughs) really um, spend time on social media talking about it like with TikTok um, I would post all these things about uh, my revival with God, and I made a lot made a lot of Christian friends through that, who are also going through things in quarantine in different states, but connecting with Jesus a lot more.
0: I also am the same. I um, so basically, I, it's it's very similar to what you're saying. So I'll keep it short. But basically, it's that I didn't really like I had been trying to read the Bible for like a year for like. Five years mm-hmm. and I mean like I just couldn't do it like I had no want to actually yeah. do it and then I don't know it's like I said a prayer and I was like please like actually let me want to do this because I don't like you mm-hmm. know um and so I ended up um now I like doing it like yeah. so it's like actually kind of fun um, for me now and how crazy is
4: it that it makes sense
0: yeah. Well, what do you mean? Like the
4: Bible did not make sense. to No. Me. Yes,
0: I'm um, reading it in chronological order, which I know you did not do, but you did it like all consistently through. I did through. it chronologically,
4: but I did Old and New Testament at the same time. Yeah. And, and I so
0: went. I like I'm starting Old Testament, which I feel like is usually used, this is going off of a revival, so I'm not mm-hmm. getting too far off topic. But um, I used to just like whenever I would read the Old Testament, I'd be like, oh, it's just it's just Old Testament. I feel like a lot of people write off Old Testament. They're like, oh, it's just which it we don't have to do the same things that they did in the Old Testament, but it all makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. In fact, like the more that I read it, I'm like, I can actually picture someone sitting here and writing this down because this is what happened or like in what they saw, this is what happened. And, um, just like, just, I've just seen parallels that I would never seen before. And I'm like, it wouldn't be nearly as amazing of a piece of God's word. If the Old Testament didn't exist. And it actually makes sense to me now. Whereas before, I would just be like, oh, it's whatever, you know?
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I hate reading, but now I actually enjoy when I'm reading the Bible. I enjoy it more when, because of how much I hate reading, I enjoy it more when it's like early in the morning, like the first thing I do when I wake up, if I have the Bible app reading it to me while I'm reading it and I have my highlighters because then I'm actually focused in on it because my ADD, I just can't do it. But the history repeats itself. So reading the Old Testament, mm-hmm, it makes the a same. whole lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I also wanted to point out that Pastor Daniel says this a lot. He says this a lot, and I love this phrase. Um, The Bible is not hard to understand. It's hard to apply. So people will say it's hard to understand. Like, I don't get what he's saying. But in reality, they just don't want to take what God is saying in the Bible and put it in their life. So, like, when God says, like, um, when God says stuff like, hey, you shouldn't be... um, having sex before marriage people don't want to listen to that so they're like i just don't get why he's like i don't get what he's saying or they're doing it to the fact that they're not understanding what he's saying because they're not actually invested in it and paying attention to what he's saying um because they don't want to apply it in their life or you'll see people and they'll be like
0: oh well you know it's just different interpretation Mm -hmm. and it's like it's really not the message is still the same like when i think of interpretation i'm thinking more along the lines of like. So like seven days, does that mean like 24 hours? Like (laughs) That's what I think of interpretation, not like the entire message just changing because you don't like what it says. But going off of what, like leading back to the fact that that is something that would have never happened had quarantine not happened. Like I would not have ever thought that. And it's funny thinking back to how I was like three years ago, thinking that I was just this awesome Christian who like, when really I wasn't actually paying that close of attention to what God actually said. Mm -hmm. And that wouldn't have happened if COVID didn't happen. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. I used to read a lot when I was younger, and then I kind of grew out of that phase. But over quarantine, I started to read a lot more. And I read like three or four books a month. And one thing that kind of impacted my life was when my great aunt, who she felt like she was so near and dear to me and when she passed away, One of the things that she loved to me was her Bible, and she carried it with her everywhere. Like, it was always in her purse, and you never saw her without it. And whenever she needed someone just for a second, she would just pull it out and read a couple pages, and then she'd put it back, and she'd feel so much better. And she'd be like, oh, you should read this. It just helped me so much. And then, like, she'd highlight it, and she'd bookmark it. And that helped me. And then um, over the course of a while, I've just been... Like, I feel like I've needed someone, so then I started picking up the Bible, and it kind of, it, I felt the same way that she did.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, what you were saying about like, people say they don't understand specific verses, but they just really don't want to apply it. Um, I can't remember the exact verse, but it's in Revelation, and it's towards the end. It's one of the very last verses. And um, the basis of it is, you cannot change the Bible. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: cannot. Mm-hmm. It is written. And it is God's word. Mm -hmm. There's no adding to it and there's no taking away. And like you said, people don't wanna listen to specifically having um, sex before marriage because they're like, oh, it was written um, so long ago, like 2,000 years ago. Okay, and? Mm -hmm. It still applies. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't mean that, oh, God's rules just go away. Oh, they just disappeared after Mm -hmm. 2,000 years. No, he knew Mm -hmm. that 2,000 years later, it would still apply to everyone's lives, mm-hmm. and that's why it's in there. So um, I just – I love that verse because I think it, it's kind of – it proves, it proves a lot of people wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
4: Well, that's actually one of the things it's, – it's in one of my points, but I'll just make it separate. Um, but one of the things that was my biggest stress reliever of my life, like I was – I'm a recovered cutter – I'm I'm a survivor. We we have which we'll tell you about this one day. Um, but our family we all have matching tattoos because and it says overcomer on it, overcomer on it, and it's because we all have overcome our own obstacle. Well, more than obstacles, but traumas. We've overcome them, and um, and from my childhood and from things that have happened to me uh, that you cannot control can't control what happens to you. You can't control, you know, those things, what happens to the world around you. Um, But one of the things that I had to do years ago is I had to just make a decision. Do I believe in the Bible from cover to cover? Do I? Because so many things in the world going around me are against the Bible. And they're wanting me to not uh, believe it. Like I'll believe about Jesus, but I'm not gonna believe about sexual immorality, and I'm going to believe that that there was a flood and that with Noah, but I'm not going to believe that divorce, that that God doesn't take our vows seriously and it's not a covenant that it's okay to get divorced. I I, I would keep going back and forth and back and forth, and it caused so much anxiety and stress in my life because it's very difficult to have so much control of your life and so much power that you can decide what is right and what's wrong. That is a lot of responsibility to take. And it was a lot of stress, a lot of stress for me to take. So I had to make the decision, do I believe in the Bible from cover to cover? Whether I like it or not, whether I have to make changes or not, do I believe in it? And I made the decision that yes, I do believe in the Bible from cover to cover. And the moment, literally the moment that I made the decision to believe in the Bible, my life, now my world became more complicated, (laughs) but my life became so much easier because I wasn't a piece of crap anymore. Because God made me, I have to believe that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I have to believe that I am a daughter of the king. I am a princess, I am royalty. I had to believe that because I made the decision that I believe in the Bible cover to cover. I had to believe that no matter how much I would mess up, As long as I was truly – my heart was saved and I was truly trying to please Jesus every single day of my life while I made mistakes, it's okay. He was still going to welcome me with open arms in heaven because that's what it says in the Bible. I mean I had – so everything could crash down around me, and as long as my faith was in the Bible from cover to cover, I was good. I mean, I wasn't great, but I was good. I was able to survive. I was able to stop cutting myself. I was able to stop inflicting pain on myself. I was able to stop hating myself. I was able to stop, I was able to forgive the people that did so much damage to me. And I was able to get in a a relationship with my father again, you know? And um, so that's that's one thing that oddly enough, people may not understand that until they actually do it. Of making the decision that the Bible is actually factual, unchanging, unfailable from beginning to end, it's a major stress reliever. I also – oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's <laughs> okay.
2: Um, I feel like a lot of times we get mad or just frustrated. They're like, oh, I'm not hearing God's answer for my question. I'm So I don't understand why he's not talking to me. It's probably already written in that point. Um, God has probably already said it somewhere in the Bible and you might not believe the Bible from cover to cover. So you might not want to take that answer that is in there. It's clearly written. You might look at it and be like, well, I'm just going to keep praying about it, which I mean, you should always pray about your Mm -hmm. issues, but when it's written, it's written Mm -hmm. and that means it's factually correct. And you have to apply that. Like we were talking about, you need to be able to apply that. To your life,
0: um, I was gonna add to kind of what both of you guys were saying, um, and okay, so for me, um, with quarantine and everything, where I started getting into um, reading my Bible and actually liking it and deciding, okay, this is actually factual, um. I There was a point in my life whenever I was working for an entertainment industry and pretty much every single person except maybe two people I think were atheists and I always found myself being questioned by them and not knowing how to Defend my faith, which can be stressful. We're <laughs> gonna go off of that because then you start doubting yourself You're like well, they make a good point Right, but at that point in my life, I wasn't into the Word of God, so I couldn't defend it which is interesting so through being and i decided after that i was like i'm never going to not be able to at least explain some questions that people had which the only way you can really do that is by being in the word and i think it's really important for christians to be able to defend their faith like through apologetics and how can you defend your faith and say that jesus is real and he was resurrected And the whole basis of your faith is based on what's written in the Bible, but then you're going to pick and choose other parts that you don't actually like. It actually just makes it to where you can't really spread the word of God because you can't even really defend it uh, with integrity.
4: Mm -hmm. Um, One quick disclaimer, (laughs) all the stuff that we're talking about with Jesus... Just wanna throw this out there. We did not talk about this in the schools because it was public no. schools. So the so anything that we just got done saying or talking about that, that had to do with Jesus or the Bible, that's actually stuff that I'm just sharing with you and that we were able to talk about in Christian schools, we're just not able to talk about in public schools. But what I am gonna do now is I'm, um, I'm gonna do one more thing that we do outside of the public school because it is involving um, God but you guys were gonna be doing this when we go to competition um, and you're gonna, we are gonna be doing this right before we ever perform showcase or anything like that. Um, one of the things is everything that we do, we do for God. And if we give God our very best in every single thing that we do, uh, dancing, basketball, football, I, I'm, we're, I'm sorry, I'm very sports minded, <laughs> I'm, I'm comp- competitive minded, but uh, sewing, uh, playing the violin, everything that we do, If we give it 100% and we're doing it for God, it doesn't matter if we go out there and we do our somersault underneath Allie's toe touch and Allie lands on top of you. It doesn't matter because it's exactly how God wanted it to be. 100% it's how God wanted it to be if we do it 100% for him. So, um, so what we do before we compete, before we do anything is we would join hands and this is a really good stress reliever to do it on your own. Um, If you're super, super stressed, that kind of anxiety where you get hot and sweaty and you're, you're breathing a little uncontrollably and you need to bring the body temperature down and you need to get yourself really calm. I lay on the floor because the floor is cold and the coldness against my skin. While I do this, I make. I call them concrete angels. <laughs> Cause you know, when you go out in the snow and you make snow angels and you spread, your legs go back and forth and your arms go back and forth. Um, I do that on the floor because the feeling and the texture, it's soothing on your skin. And while I do that, I take a deep breath in and um, we're gonna do this for fun right now. We're just gonna do it. So pretend you're stressed. We're not gonna lay on the floor, um, but holding hands with your, well, we can't because of COVID. So uh, pretend hold hands and um, we're going to take a deep breath in and then repeat after me. And then as soon as you say it, what I have you say, you're going to blow it out because that's blowing out all the enemy's lies, all that the devil tries to make us believe, everything that, that is supposed to bring us down. Um, we're, we're blowing it out. We're getting rid of it. Okay? So breathe in. God is good.
3: God, God is, is good. good.
4: Breathe in again. God is in control. God God is in control. control. Breathe in again. God is on the throne. God God is on on the throne. throne. One more time. And because of him, I've got this because because of him, I've got got this and breathe out. And I do that. We do that before we perform and stuff. But when I, when you have an anxiety or a panic attack or anything like that, you lay on the floor, you feel the cold against your body. You do slow snow angels, or concrete angels. You breathe in, you say that, and if you don't feel better, you do it again. And if you don't feel better, you do it again. And you will feel better. Two reasons. One, because you are, you are telling yourself and reminding yourself of the truth, but also because the breathing and, and those deep breaths bring down your heart rate. It helps you calm down. It helps take away the stress and anxiety. Um, but moving on to the other things that we do, and this is what we talk about in the schools. Um, there's a thing called a toolbox, and everybody should have one. I have a toolbox. It's right next to my bed. Um, Hallie had it. I don't know where it is now, but Hallie had a toolbox. Um, everybody should have a toolbox. And that toolbox is just an empty Rubbermaid container. It could be a shoebox. It can be a backpack. It can be anything that's a container that is 100% for this purpose and for nothing else. You don't use it for anything else because if you use it for something else, you can misplace it. You don't know where it is. And then when you're starting to feel that panicky and that stress and everything, you can't get to it. So you've got to have it where you can get it all the time. Don't change the location. Um, Inside that toolbox is where you put your things that calm you down. It could be um, a a playlist, an iPod or an extra set of headphones, an iPod, something that has. Uh, Music now some people they calm down by playing that Kind of music so they can jump up and down and they can just uh, do all this and get it all out And that's great some people that makes them more agitated you have to know yourself Some people want to hear love songs that are Depressing so that you can cry and sing along with it and just get the crying out and get done and and that helps Um, other people like me I can't have words If I have any music with words when I'm feeling that anxiety, I'm going to concentrate on the words, and I'm not going to concentrate on getting myself down. And if those words have any triggers in them, oh, I'm worse Um, because I really and truly do have anxiety. Um, And, like, I have an anxiety disorder. So um, my music has to be massage music. Massage music is lulling. It's just smooth, and soft, it's one solid kind of a beat or a tempo, nothing changes, it brings everything down for me. So that's the only thing I have on my playlist. Uh, Hallie, I think, has a couple of playlists because it depends on what she's having anxiety over. Um, another thing um, that you have in there is um, a squeeze ball, something to squeeze. Uh, it can be a fidget spinner. I'm not personally a big fan of fidget spinners because I think they just become a toy. Um, but you can put, um, I think it's pudding, not pudding. What is that stuff you can put in a balloon and tie it? And that can be a squeeze, something that doesn't spoil. Um, no, no. but anyways, you can, a squeezy ball. Um, you can get Play-Doh because just making things out of Play-Doh or just, or just passing it from hand to hand and the coldness of the Play-Doh. That's another, it's a calming thing. Um, and you could do a little, get a little container of sand and have a fork in it. To be cheap, and that could be your rake, and you can rake through the sand. If you can't get sand, I don't, I didn't get sand. I got, I just did uncooked rice. Uncooked rice is also cold. I can stick my fingers in it. I can wiggle it around. That's another sensation that helps to bring me down. Adult coloring books are fantastic. Get, um, don't use crayons though. Get a color pencil um, because you hear the of the coloring, and that's another sensation that helps to bring everything down. So I have a coloring book, a journal, write out your feelings, make it a prayer journal, go back and look at it and see when God's answered the prayer and date it. Um, You can um, write down your feelings, you can write down poems, you can write songs, you can do anything. I'm not personally that kind of a writer, so I don't have a journal, but that's something that can help. Um, What else is in there? I was gonna talk about what's in mine. Okay, go ahead.
1: Um, So in mine, mine was in my closet that was right next to my bed, but now I'm currently moving, so it is packed right now, Um, but it was a box that, or it is a box that used to be my great-grandmother's, it was like a suitcase sort of thing that kept her makeup um, in it, or my great-grandmother's, but mine has literally every single handwritten birthday card, note, anything that had something positive in it, all of them are in there, so it's kind of overflowing because I love keeping handwritten notes, Um, all of those are in there. Um, I have kinetic sand because it can not only, um, you can play with it like sand, but you can also make a ball out of it and then watch it, um, what's it called?
4: Kind of melt? Yeah, I guess melt, melt,
1: um, come apart. Uh, I have a book that my great grandmother gave me as well, um, and it's a joke book, and it's just a bunch of random really dumb jokes that I got in fourth grade, but I still read it whenever I get stressed out. Um, I think I have Play-Doh in there too. I mostly read the cards or play with the kinetic stand because Connect kinetic stand's fun. Um, and then for music for me, I think just instrumentals or massage music is awful for me,
0: because not <laughs> only, on the
1: not only do I get bored, but I also, it allows me to think about everything that's in my head still, because there's no words to pay attention to, so I have an emo hours playlist that I listen to, because I like to cry it out, because then I'm done, and I'm over it, um, but I also like to listen to worship music, and like yeah. actual worship music, not like the vibing worship music, or like the um, upbeat one, like the smooth, and like, you're get into the moment, like cry out for Jesus, worship music. Um, but that's what's in mind.
4: Um, you also did, you col- did,
1: coloring I did, I mm-hmm. did coloring books a lot. I did coloring books a lot, but then it would make me more anxious as I would do them because I would want to finish it, and it takes you forever to finish an adult coloring book, but I would need to finish it. I could not leave until I finished it. So now and I don't do that. Yeah,
4: too. and if you're a perfectionist, you don't want to do a coloring book because if you go out of yes. the
3: lines,
1: and and that's,
4: that's then me. you get stressed about yeah. as well.
3: So, yes, ma'am. I've never called it a toolbox but I've also kind of had something along the lines of that like I've, I've just like play a random song like um you call it like the ah, like that yeah. kind of music but <laughs> I like that kind of music and it kind of like I can fall asleep to it somehow mm-hmm. but like it just kind of helps me calm down and I also have like Miss Hadley Mac, what she had like I don't call it an emo hour playlist but like <laughs> I have like sad songs where I can like kind of cry it out and I'm not like I'm not a person that cries very often like it makes me sound like emotionalist, but like maybe like once, a w- like two weeks maybe. So it just kind of helps me feel better about it.
2: i mm-hmm. would actually never heard of doing that before. And I think that's a really cool idea because um, I get um, very stressed and kind of finicky over really random things. Like it could be anything, like mm-hmm. I'll stub my toe. And then all of a sudden I'm just mad at the world Mm -hmm. super stressed about everything that's usually usually smaller things just like you said it's like a balloon they kind of trigger the larger Mm -hmm. things um but yeah I think I
4: might start doing that because I'd never heard of someone doing that before the thing that's really great about toolboxes is if you have this designated toolbox and your family knows it's your toolbox then they know to leave you alone when it's out like with with Hallie when her toolbox would be out and she would be working on things um, I would I would always just back off because she has to, you have to get through it it's just you and God At, we can't as parents we cannot be there we want to so badly and my biggest fear in life is not being there for my kids when they need me but the fact of the matter is is there's times in life that I'm not I can't be there and it's truly you and God God's the only person who's always always going to be there so you have to start learning how to handle things yourself, cope yourself, bring yourself down. And so that toolbox was a signal so that I was aware that if anything got too bad for her, because she went through a lot. And I mean, there was a time that she was suicidal. And I'm, a, I'm allowed to say that because it's a public testimony that she gives. Um, but, and so we would stay back and we would keep an eye on her. But she was doing it on her own, so that she, so that when things got too bad for her, we knew she had been trained enough on her own to be able to do that. So have your family know, hey, this is my toolbox. When it's out, I need to be left alone. I need to decompress. I need to figure this out. But hey, keep an eye on me because I need, in case I do need you, that kind of a thing.
3: I just wanted to let you all know um, that like I've always believed in God, but like. Uh, after coming here, you always, like, just talk about God so much that it's gotten me to believe even more in him. Oh. Well, and thank I just want really to let you all know that. And, like, it just, it's just
4: helped me so much. Well, that's our calling, so I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, I think that's a good way to end it.
1: <laughs> so... Thank you for our guest, Miss Heather, for helping us know how to cope with our stress and figure out what to do. Yay. Um, and Miss Alex is going to tell you our next week's um, theme. That's not what it's called. Next Topic. week's what? Topic. Topic, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys.
0: For next week, we're going to be talking about um, social anxiety. And did you want me to close it up or? All right, so yeah, so join us next week for our topic on social anxiety, and we can't wait to see you. And now we have to pray.
1: Dear Emily Father, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for all the things you've given us and taken away, Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity to have this podcast and reach people who need to hear this, God, as well as ourselves uh, learning and growing with each other, God. We pray for our community, our friends, our family, that we're all safe, happy, and healthy, God, and that we're constantly reminded that you're on the throne, God, and you're in control. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.